Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article from the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Choosing a Method for Pregnancy Diagnosis. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Rick Funston, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Cattle Reproductive Physiologist. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I'm glad to be on. Well, the focus of the article that you wrote was on pregnancy diagnosis tools available to producers and what are some of the applications of those tools. Share with us a little more about the technology available today to diagnose pregnancy and what are some of the options for applications by producers? Well, probably the most common method is uh, palpation. So uh, just rectal palpation, which you can detect pregnancy pretty accurately after 40 or 50 days. I do caution people not to check too early. Uh, there is some potential for pregnancy loss. There was some work done at one of the largest ranch in Nebraska looking at alternative either palpation or ultrasound and there wasn't zero loss until about 55 days. And there was less loss with ultrasound than there was with uh, palpation, but after uh, 50, 55 days, I wouldn't expect there to be much difference. And I, I don't know where the rumors were going around, but there were, there's been times where people have uh, been suspicious of ultrasound to cause pregnancy loss, and that absolutely is not the truth, does not cause, and probably is less invasive than palpation. And then a third method, there's a blood test that can be uh, performed and it will detect pregnancy, oh, 20, 25 days. But again, I caution people to handling cattle in that critical time, you could have some pregnancy loss. Same with ultrasound. You can detect a pregnancy about 27 days, but should you? Probably not. Blood test is uh, obviously not immediate, so you have to uh, send a sample in, and, and then uh, you would still have to go back and sort your cattle that were by palpation or ultrasound. You can tell shoot side and then determine what to do with the non-pregnant animals. Dr. Funston, as we think about the application of some of these technologies, uh, for many producers, they don't have an ultrasound machine. So obviously they're gonna be working with their veterinarian to do that if they wanna use that. Some people do have the ability to palpate cows themselves, but then could maybe verify open cows with a blood test. Is there situations where use of one of these technologies has advantages or disadvantages over the other? Well, I think having that immediate answer, then you have the option to to or what to do with the non-pregnant animals. Um, the blood test turnaround is pretty rapid, though I think less than, less than a week. As you think about utilizing these tools, what are the real advantages from your perspective in terms of pregnancy diagnosis and management opportunities that go with that? Well, especially this year, we're pretty short of grass everywhere and so we can do something with those non-pregnant animals. If it's a heifer, you know, they're certainly a valuable commodity, non-pregnant or pregnant, and they can be sold as a feeder animal or put on feed. The non-pregnant 
cows, several options there depending on your operation size. Some of them are being rebred for fall calvers and then sold unless they uh, have a fall herd, especially the young females. Others might be culled and gone to market, although right now and into the fall when when we're determining a lot of uh, uh, pregnancy diagnosis is generally the low of the market for for call animals. So looking at some alternatives potentially to get them into the spring market on a uh, reasonable cost feed resource uh, might be a good option depending on what the current market is. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic that you think would be of value to producers as they consider their options with pregnancy diagnosis tools? Right now, they're check, pre-checking a lot of females and trying to, uh, <laughs> up until a couple of days ago, I would say it's been going rather well, but I'm hearing more and more cases that people are having uh, more than expected in open animals. And that, there's a variety of potential reasons you know, change of nutrition from the time of breeding, say if they were AI'd on a high plane of nutrition and then went to something less, transportation after after an event like artificial insemination at the wrong time. I think that we're seeing our cow herd more and more straight bred, which over time is, is probably eroding reproduction. I think the sooner, especially in a year like this, that we can determine the non-pregnants and and then make some management decisions, the better, um, depending on what your feed resources are, uh, dictate some of the options. I, For as dry as some areas are, feed costs are fairly similar to last year from what I'm hearing, and there might be some opportunities to uh, get animals off pasture and dry lot them. And I know there's some rations that the university has put together, fairly low-cost, limit-fed rations that might get these animals uh, some condition if they're not in um, adequate condition, and then into a time when the market is uh, is higher, when they're obviously it's a supply and demand-driven market where the more you have, the the less valuable they are. But uh, yeah, I think especially in in this year. Uh, we need to identify those open females and then make some marketing and management decisions. Thanks again for joining me today, Dr. Funston. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. At the website, there are a number of resources related to this topic.